Jackson Cloud. I'm Jamin. I'm Casey. And I'm Olivia. And today we are in Revelation, believe it or not. Let's see, have we made it past four? No, we're st- what? We're, we, we started five, five last, last time. time. Oh, okay. All right. We're in the same passage, though. <laughs> uh, so, God has this scroll, right? Saw the one in the right hand of him who was seated on the throne with a, a scroll. Written within on the front and back, seal with the seven seals. You can check that out in our last episode. And I saw a mighty angel proclaim with a loud voice, Who is worthy to open a scroll and break its seals? And no one. Seal. No one in heaven or on earth or under the earth was able to open the scroll or to look into it. In the heavens, on the earth, or under the earth. Today we're going to talk about some ancient cosmology, which we've actually done on the Jackson Cloud before. But today I'm going to take us like deep into depth here. I want to give a thanks to a church here in Jackson, West Winds, for letting me um, beta test this. (laughs) And for giving me the graphics that they made when it was all done. So I'm going to go ahead and bring up on the screen some of the things that I'm talking about. But if you want to understand like the fullness of Revelation, you need to understand the concept of the ancient world. The universe, okay? Which for us looks like what? I don't know, you're doing this, I keep thinking the aliens guy. Planets. Solar system, galaxy, planets. Yeah, we're on a ball spinning through space, going in a circle around another circle with other circles around us going in circles. And that whole whole galaxy is Technically also their orbits, not circles. That whole galaxy no, is also the circles are the one orbiting. Is this the kind of stuff we're gonna fight about in this episode? No, some are actually ovals. Oh dear goodness. Because the orbit of Pluto is We weren't talking about orbits. We were talking about the planets. The planets were the circles, Casey. And we keep zooming out, and then our galaxy is moving around other galaxies, all within a universe that could possibly be more universes outside of that universe. You just never know how far it's going to go. This is our kind of cosmology, right? This is the way that we think of the Earth. Underneath us is molten lava and things like that. But in ancient times, if I were to go and try to tell ancient people that this is what the world looked like, did you know you were in a ball spinning through space around a bunch of other balls? Like, they would think that we're on drugs, right? And then they would tell me, no, 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 you're you're stupid. Here's what the universe is actually like. And we would for sure think they're on drugs because it would just sound ridiculous to us. So today I give you this strange world of the Bible, and I've got lots of great books you can check out. Robin A. Perry uh it's a great book i think it's called a tour through the cosmos Uh, i should know because it just recently became like my favorite book of all time but i guess i don't remember the name right this moment this happens every time jamin tries to say a book is his favorite the biblical cosmos a pilgrim's guide to the weird and wonderful world of the bible once he says it's his favorite he forgets it this book is so good guys it's so good look at that look at that picture it's goofy looking, right? Here, I'll put no, it on the screen. it's like knockoff 
Van Gogh. It's supposed to be. In fact, right on the inside is a um, um, right on the inside is is Van Gogh leaving a review. Thanks for using my art. <laughs> Anyways, where was I going with this? Uh, what I was going to say is this book looks kind of jokish. That's why I didn't read it for so long because I was like, oh, some pastor somewhere is trying to explain the cause. No, this guy's a scholar and he's funny. So it's well worth reading, and we're basically going to take a trip through a lot of what he says in there, along with a, a few other scholars as well. So, first things first, in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. When I say that, what do you think of? Genesis? Yes, but like spatially, what do you think of? Planets. Right, skies. that's what you think of. What if you don't know that you're on a planet? <laughs> And it says God created the heavens and the earth. Then you're gonna think land. Yeah, so like that. So let's let's kind of get right into it here. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The first thing that he creates is the waves, the the water. Okay. So in the beginning, it's just water. Like there's nothing else here yet. It's just water. And that's because of the um uh um the, the narrative that we're going to start to see is that water is chaos. It's unpredictable. You don't know what it could do. Monsoon, typhoon, uh, hurricane, uh, all kinds of things. You don't know what lives out there. In the Bible, they have a bunch of creatures that live out there, like Leviathan. And you better be careful if you get on a boat because it might eat you or something. And it just goes on forever. That's all that there was. So it's all just chaos. But then God comes in and he begins to establish order in the middle of the chaos. What's some of the order? Land. Land, correct. So one of the first things that God establishes as as a order is, well, there's creatures that live in the sea. So now even though water is chaos or ocean is chaos, there's also still got some of God's order in the midst of it. But there's also land. Now land was just like a flat circle. <laughs> the Bible's also often going to talk about the circle of the earth. Which to us sounds like a weird phrase, but that's because for them it was more or less just a disc of land right there in the middle. Um, and if you went far enough, eventually you get to the ocean and out there, well, it just kind of goes on forever. I think like Chronicles of Narnia, Voyage of the Dawn Treader, you know, at the end of that movie or book, eventually they get to like the end of the world. The waterfall? Yeah, yeah, things like that. So like for them, just circle of land sitting on top of <laughs> of this chaotic ocean. So you have order, and now you have chaos. And it, it still gets weirder. On the circle of land was, uh, underneath the circle of land, was the underworld, Sheol, which is where the dead went. This is part of the reason that you bury them. When you bury them, they go on to live in their own little cocoa world underneath the uh, earth. But it wasn't as pleasant as cocoa. Cocoa world? Cocoa. Pixar? The movie. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. When and you say Cocoa World, I start thinking Hershey's. <laughs> is what I started to... Like, when you first said it... I don't think Sheol was quite that pleasant of a place. Well, uh, if I don't know about what Hershey's has done... I don't know if Hershey's is that positive. <laughs> okay, well... Underneath Sorry. the earth... Underneath the earth is, is Sheol, and that's where the dead go. We bury the dead, they go on to continue living down there, and that's where they all end up, so... Uh, the underworld is under there. Satan's under there. He's been sentenced not just to the earth, but below the earth. The dead spirits of the giants 
are said to live underneath the earth in Sheol, things like that. So it's not a pleasant place. But in their minds, in the Old Testament, that's where everybody went. Even in the New Testament, it takes on a different name. Anybody? Hell. Nope. I don't remember. Hades. Uh, a lot of times when we read our Bible, uh, even translators will just substitute hell and Hades as the same thing, but they're not. Hades is the uh, Greek equivalent to Sheol. It's the realm of the dead where all the dead go. Whereas hell is, in my opinion, it's the lake of fire at the end of the Bible where Hades is dumped out into, Sheol's dumped out into, um, well, those that don't go on living into the resurrection world. The hellish lake of fire gets rid of that, which doesn't continue. That's a whole nother episode. We're far away from that one. Uh, but Sheol's underneath the ground. So now we kind of have this idea of like a floating iceberg in the midst of... <laughs> <laughs> the chaotic waters, but it's like an iceberg of land. But they're not stupid. They know that that's not how land works, but they don't know that that land goes all the way down to the bottom of the core of the earth because they don't know what the core of the earth is. We still haven't gotten down as far as we can go. We don't have the technology to do it. So back then, they especially didn't know how to do it. So in their minds, you'll see this written throughout the Bible sometimes, the pillars of the earth hold it all up. Okay, <laughs> so the pillars of the old of the earth are holding up Sheol in the land. What do the pillars go down to? Thank you. Uh, the modern <laughs> the modern equivalent question for us then would be, um, what happened before the Big Bang? You know, like the answer is God. <laughs> so the same thing with the pillars. Well, what do the pillars go to? Well, God's holding it up would more or less be like the only answer you could really give that's lame because he can just move his hand higher you wouldn't even need the pillars anymore well there's pillars casey okay so you have the pillars <laughs> of the earth you have the I'm like, circle if you're, gonna, of if you're gonna do the cop-out answer it's like, not a cop-out we do the same thing with the big bang what was before the big bang eventually your cosmology always gets to this point there's god <laughs> well yeah he spoke right okay so but underneath all of this as well is more ocean, okay? So, like, the ocean is is infused throughout the land, and it goes underneath the land. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead. So what you're saying is God puts his hand into the ocean to hold the pillars to then hold everything else. You don't need to imagine, like, a physical hand of God holding No, no, you do. It, it would be metaphorically true. God is holding everything in place. He wills it to be, therefore it is. But why would he intentionally... Like everything else. But why would he intentionally put his hand into the chaos? He's not putting his hand. We didn't say he was physically holding it. We said... No, no. If his hand is there present... Oh, dear goodness. <laughs> this is going to be one of those episodes all over again. Okay. So there's water underneath the earth. Why? Well, if you dig down to make a well, what do you find? Water. Water. There's streams, there's lakes, there's all kinds of things on the land as well. There's springs, there's geysers, there's all this stuff, right? So as far as the land goes, how did water get on the land? Well, there must still be the primeval chaotic ocean underneath all that. And that's why when we dig deep enough, it shows up. So that means they think they're digging through the entire earth 
No. Because, they... No, because the water is like in, infused throughout the land as well. It's like oh, okay. underground pieces of the ocean. It's been right, absorbed. Because if they went all the way through the earth, then they would end up in Sheol. So they know that like that's not what's happening when they're digging away. So well. do they think that Sheol is entirely underwater as well? Well, it's within the land underwater. It's at the bottom part of the iceberg land. Landberg. I told you you would think it's crazy. Okay, <laughs> let's continue our journey. We have now gone from Middle Earth. <laughs> hey. We've now gone from the living room to the basement, right? Sure. Now let's go upstairs in our Ooh, cosmos. to the attic. Here. Yeah. So over the cosmos, we've talked about this before, is the firmament, right? Mm-hmm. Now in other ancient religions or cultures just in general, they all, a lot of them had this idea of a firmament. It was this idea... That there's a cosmic ocean also in the sky. <laughs> uh, and that God... It says it right at the beginning of Genesis. I know, but... Right at the beginning of Genesis, God took the water on the earth and spread it out with the water in the sky and and uh, left it there. And then put a firmament or an expanse between it to, to hold it, hold the cosmic sky up. Now, I would always pause here for a moment because whenever we get into the conversation of... Genesis is literal. Like it, the creation story happened just like this. Why? Why do we get to throw this one out the window? <laughs> I know of no one who believes in a firmament, except maybe flat earthers. I don't know. <laughs> I know of no no one who I trust. Well, I think the firmament is probably just what we now know is the atmosphere. That was that's probably the way we spin it, but that is not what they are thinking. This was no, a, I know that's like this was a we can tell crystal, from we did a whole episode on the the the, yeah. the crystal sea, right? Yeah, that's what this thing is. It is a crystalline like ceiling holding up the cosmic ocean from falling in and destroying us, except for that one time. So what you're saying is, we all live with Sandy. I don't SpongeBob. know what that means. Oh, okay. the squirrel from SpongeBob. Sure, okay. she's got her little snow globe. The dome in the water. Yeah, we're we're That's inside. actually a fair picture to paint for sure. this. Sure, sure. So we live within. We as live much within as you that. might hate to admit it. <laughs> I'd never hate to admit a good SpongeBob joke. I do. I'm just surprised it came from. Me. I know, it was the best thing that made sense, <laughs> and I re- I regret everything. Well, the firmament is holding back all of this cosmic ocean from coming in. Except for the one time... And this actually helps the flood story make so much more sense, Mm -hmm. even in the way in which they talk about it, right? We know there's cosmic ocean under the ocean, and the Bible during the flood says that it all just blew up through the ground. And then we know there's ocean in the sky, and the Bible just says that God opened up the floodgates, and it just poured right in. So when you're thinking, like, how do we get to the top of the mountains? Well, from their cosmology, it's like... You know, we're getting close to the firmament. We're all getting, like, stuck inside type thing. Um, So understanding it from their perspective helps you understand the way that they're talking about a global flood. Uh, Which, for them, global was what? A circle of land. (laughs) So it's it's not even the other side of the planet, which they know nothing about. Which, I mean, how big do they think this is? Like, are they thinking it's all of Asia, all of Europe, and Africa together? Like, and that's the scope of their world at this point, but it's... I don't remember what their scope was at the time, but, yeah, whatever it all is is for them. I like, new I, islands and stuff. But. Right, because, like, I could see this if it was, like, Pangea. Mm-hmm. I would at least feel better about this, this thing, but... 
I still... Ancient cosmology, man. It's weird. I don't like it. But it's not done yet. It gets weirder. Yay. We're all tracking so far, right? Yes. No. Nope. Okay. <laughs> We've also seen basically this several times. Yes, you have. Now, at the top of all that, right at the top, we already did this episode on the Crystal Sea, and God's throne is right there, and it's overseeing the cosmic ocean and the sky. It's overseeing the, the firmament. The firmament is the Crystal Sea. There's that weird episode in Exodus where Moses and and the 70 elders go to the top of the mountain, and they look up, and they see God's feet right on top of the the firmament crystal ceiling you know so what you're saying is in spongebob terms this is the pirate no no more spongebob terms it worked once you don't get don't get committed i don't don't get okay (laughs) but yeah at the at the top of the throne uh or at the top of the cosmos is is god's throne right okay now underneath God's throne within or right underneath the firmament. This is where it gets a little confusing. Are the stars, the moon, the sun. So uh, it, it's always a little confusing because the Bible seems to like change its perspective sometimes. Are they right underneath the firmament, on top of the firmament, or like inside of the firmament? In other ancient cultures, you almost get this feeling that like, the possibly that the firmament is rotating that's how the stars move around because they're all stuck inside of it so when the whole thing just moves the stars are moving with it i like that better well i mean you might be able to interject that into the bible as well given that they have the same kind of firmament worldview but the stars the moon the sun it's all in that and they all move and things that move as we've talked about a hundred times before are alive right so well, from from most perspective, even modern perspectives, we usually think that things that move are alive. Correct, Casey? Yes, that is true. Okay. So my car is alive? So the stars, the moon... So the fans on computers are alive? Forget it, all right? The sun, the moon, the stars, things like that, they look up in the heavens and they see heavenly beings moving around. That's the way that they're perceiving what they're looking at. Um, and they're all, they're all moving around up there following the same patterns over and over again, except for what? The moon? No. Well, the moon has its own changes throughout the month. And seasons, right, but it right? doesn't move as much. Right. But, uh, the, uh, planets, the planets are cheaters. They break the rules. They retrograde in movement. Well, everything else is moving forward. Sometimes the planets can actually move backwards. Because they don't, they don't understand like these things are actually closer than all the other stars, and they can, in a sense, see them doing their their rotations and whatnot. Mm-hmm. This is why the Greeks and whatnot named the planets after their gods, is because to them those must be the gods. That one's Venus. That one's Mars. That one, you know, like, and that um, in Bible thinking, like those are celestial beings, and they are real things moving around up there in the heavens. And that's big in Revelation. We've already talked about stars and angels in Revelation, but stars are constantly referred to throughout Revelation as angels, right? Uh, or flaming torches, which is how we think of stars. Likewise, there's the 24 elders. Those are considered, in a sense, stars um, because it's uh, we're thinking of time, which is what stars represent, 24 hours, right? 
There's the four living creatures, which represent four different uh, constellations throughout the sky. Those are stars. So when you think of the biblical perspective, yeah, they, they thought of stars as heavenly beings. So stars are right underneath, sometimes right on top, sometimes inside of, and they move around up there. Okay, so that is the ancient perspective of the cosmos. So when Jesus, uh, sorry, when, when they are looking for someone to open the scroll, and the Bible says that nobody on earth or under the earth uh, or in the heavens can open this, like that's an entire, that's like for us, that's like saying there's nobody in the whole universe, <laughs> nobody on another planet, nobody, uh, no being underneath the waters that we've ever seen before. Like, nothing can open this thing uh, except for Jesus himself, the Lamb, who's going to enter in our next episode. And that becomes like a huge, huge cosmological statement, you know? Uh, we're often used to just thinking of things in scientific, earthly terms, like there's God and there's us. And that's kind of the gist of it. Like, sure, angels, demons, some people don't care to get into that or entertain that fancy, and then others are interested but like we don't think of Sheol as under the land we don't think of heaven as actually up there exactly but that was the way that they thought of things back then their cosmology was very different from ours and so when Jesus steps in and, and he he is the only thing in the entire cosmos that can open this scroll like that's a mega statement no demon can do it no fallen angel can do it no giant can do it no other kind of disembodied spirit can do it. Uh, there's no star that can do it. No elder that can do it. No creature that can do it. No Has heavenlies. a Nephilim tried to open it yet? I mean, they can't. <laughs> that's, that's my point. <laughs> uh, there's just, there's nothing that can open this. And so when you have that kind of cosmology and you're thinking of not just humans and God, but you're thinking of a whole plethora of different beings who you would think might be able to be worthy, you know, Maybe the 24 elders, maybe not just one of them, but maybe if they all work together somehow, they could open this scroll. Um, and the Bible gives an emphatic no. There's only only one person worthy enough to, to go there. So, kind of a, a, a mega statement. Uh, the uh, Revelation at one point, too, is going to talk about... Uh, um, at the end, God's going to empty out all of Hades... For it to be judged, so it's emptied out before the throne of God to be judged. Uh, but then it also talks about all of the waters being emptied out before God to be judged. Anybody want to take a stab as to why? I'm not entirely sure myself. I mean, my assumption would be as he's bringing order to chaos. Well, yeah, because he does get rid of the ocean at the end of Revelation. Why? Because that actually, like, that wasn't a part of the ordered creation. Mm -hmm. Order was put in it, but it wasn't, uh, it wasn't, in Revelation, it's not meant to last, because it, it doesn't belong in the fully renewed creation. Likewise, Jesus just walks on the face of chaos, right, in the Bible. Like, that's a pretty huge statement. They all think they're going to die in the boat, and yet, oh, no, 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 there's a storm keeping them in place. I'm mixing two stories. And Jesus just walks right on, on the face of, of chaos itself. 
Um, I wonder, though, if in Revelation the waters are emptied out. I saw one commentary say, like, maybe it was thought that those who died in, like, on a boat or in the ocean, like, they didn't quite get into Hades exactly, where they were still within, like, the primeval chaos waters. I don't know if that's the case or not. I don't think we really have a lot of biblical grounds to go off of that. But it makes more sense to me. It's like God's trying to empty out any place where you could have died. So if you died on land, you ended up in Sheol there if you die in the ocean well don't think that you're just like well i don't need to deal with the the final judgment it's like no anything that that is around goes goes before the throne to be judged and that brings us into the fullness of our ancient cosmology any questions you can still if totally... you do have questions you can let us know on the discord because we know this is weird <laughs> and also, if you want to make a Spongebob version of this, you should totally post that in the Discord. You hate Spongebob. Yeah, what's your deal, Just man? because you got us to admit that one of your things was okay, you're now on board with Spongebob? That's exactly what it is. No, no, I'm trying to see if they'll participate if I mention Spongebob and see if they get somebody to, to post on Discord. No, you're just being weird. Or that too. <laughs> Under the sea. Sponge. Wait, we have it backwards.